Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? We're going to have fun in this series, Truth Not Trends. Today is, is a, a deeper level. We're going to go a little bit deeper into truth. Uh, obviously, uh, we found out this past week that we had some trouble with the audio and video on the website uh, stuff, and that those things have been fixed. They've been uploaded, so you can go back and listen to the previous messages if you've lost any or lost track of where we are and uh, how we got to where we are uh, today. Make sure you, you visit our website and uh, check out those sermon videos. Um, I'm going to do just, a, just again, a very, very short review of what we talked about over the last several weeks, not just last week, but the last several weeks, that truth requires a standard. The truth requires a standard. There has to be an external reference. There has to be um, something that we can measure our thoughts and opinions with to find out if they are, if they are true. Of course, God is the source, the ultimate source of truth and is consistent with his will and his nature. That truth is the same as and equal to the original. So when Jesus said, hey, uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he was saying, I am the same as and equal to the Father. The Father and I are one. And, and everything, and not only did we talk about that as concerning God, and God is true, and Jesus is true, but the Bible says the Spirit is true. The Word of God is true. What we have, what we can hold in our hands today, everybody, this Word of God, it's true as well. And... Um, and there's a standard there. There, there is a um, there's a standard that everything is measured against. But the standard cannot be, it cannot be conscience. It, it cannot be personal philosophy. It cannot be parental training. So we look at some things of how people say, well, this is what I believe the truth is, or this is how I come to to the truth. But it cannot be conscience because let me ask you this. You say, well, but, you know, I, I think it's just based on morality. I think it's based on ethics, or I think it's based on conscience. Well, what do you say then about the person who has a severed conscience, a, a person who has no conscience, or uh, a, what, if, what if somebody's conscience is different than, than yours? For instance, uh, there, there are people who kill others, and they have no problem with it whatsoever. It's like, oh, I just decided to kill him. You know, I, I just decided to take her out, whatever the case is. They're con so you can't base it on conscience because that's not a standard. But let me say it this way. You can't base it on personal philosophies because philosophies change from one person to another. Let me say it this way. Even in the church... People have different views, right? Even Christians, I mean, Christians among other Christians have different views. That's why we have, in fact, multiple denominations because there's different views, there's different philosophies, there's, this, there's different world views, and not everybody holds the same one. So that can't be, that can't be the way. We have uh, parental training. What about that? Well, I'm, I'm going to base what's right or wrong based upon what my, my parents told me. But what if your parents were dysfunctional? What if you've been dysfunctional, right? Because I think every parent to some degree has some dysfunction in them. I just think that. I know I've made mistakes as a parent. Have you? So I haven't always been functional in my parenting. I think I'm a good parent. I, in fact, sometimes I think I'm a great parent, but I'm not a great parent all the time. I promise you that. So it can't be parental training because we all have different parental 
or uh, parenting styles, right? Not everybody parents the same way, so, so that can't be it. So truth requires a standard, but the standard cannot be public opinion. It can't be public opinion because, what, let me ask you this, everybody. This is a great question. Wasn't it public opinion that kept African Americans in the back of the bus not too long ago? Wasn't that public opinion? So you can't trust public opinion, can you? You can't trust government. <laughs> I mean, come on, everybody. That's laughable, isn't it? To trust, well, I just think the government should set the standard. Really? You think government should set? I mean, you're crazy if you think that because, because their, their, their standards are based on power and money and there's pork barrel spending and there's lobbyists and, and, and there's, I'm telling you, there's, there, there's, mega dysfunction in our government. I think we could all, no, I don't care what your, your standing is, uh, uh, Democrat, Republican, Independent, uh, Libertarian, it, we all know that there's dysfunction in the government. What, what about education? Well, okay, we're just going to lean into educators to do that. Well, don't teachers have their own philosophies and do they always agree with one another? And the answer is they don't always agree. They can't even agree. And, and I, don't, I don't want to trust the raising of my children to, to somebody who's not me. <laughs> because I don't, I don't trust. But in fact, I, I get a lot of people coming into the church handing me, handing me um, homework assignments that they received right here, right here in this community, saying, can you believe this is what they're teaching? And, and part of me says, yeah, I can believe that. Part of me is surprised that, that, that what used to only happen in bigger cities is now happening in smaller cities as well and even in rural uh, communities, that those teachings are out there and teachings that actually not only dismiss the word of God but absolutely oppose the word of God. And that's the, so we cannot trust education, everybody. And I'm not anti-teacher. You know that. I, I, in fact, we have teachers here in our church that are called to be teachers to make a difference in the lives of students here in our community. And we need to praise God for them because we need a voice in our community. Our children need to have a positive voice in their lives in this community. And we should praise God for Christian teachers that are making a difference in the lives of others. Can we just give it up for teachers this morning that are just making a difference? We got a lot of them here. We have a lot of them here, but teachers don't always, don't always agree. So, so here we have, okay, well, truth requires a standard, so where do we get that standard from? Well, today's culture teaches that truth is subjective. A subjective truth means that it's really not truth at all because it's based on somebody's thoughts or opinions. That would be subjective. That would be subjective. Now, let, let me give an example of this. If I were to say, everybody, listen, because I'm kind of a, a car guy, I like cars. I'm, I'm the kind of I'm the kind of guy that that um, ever since I was just a young man, I could just see headlights coming, and I could tell you what kind of car it was. Anybody else like that in the room that you, you're just looking at cars, you're looking at the, the styles, you're looking at the grill, you're looking at the bumper, you're looking at like, oh, that's, so I used to challenge my kids just as we're driving along, tell me that car, tell me that car, tell me that car, tell me that car. And they would just make guesses like, no, 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 you know, and, and now there's so many cars sometimes, it's, and, and, and I'm not into the, the modern day cars, but still, I, older cars, I can just kind of tell you what those cars are. In, in fact, everybody, here's, here's something. I, I gave this a lot of thought yesterday. I gave it this a, a lot of thought. I believe, I believe, I believe. Uh, now, now, this is, this is, uh, this is um, just true, true to me. I think the best, the best car ever, ever created, I think, was the 67 
Corvette L88 with a 427 in it. And it, it was right before EPA got involved, right before this barrage of like, oh, got to conserve, you know, fuel and, and stuff like that. I mean, come on, a 67 vet with a 427. How many know that's got some power? And that is a sharp looking car. And I can say, I can say, I think the best car out there is a 67 vet. But that's subjective. That's just my opinion. You might be more of a modern person. I think it's a McLaren. I think it's a Lamborghini. I, I think you're weird, but it, go ahead. You can do that. Because then I was thinking about this too. I was thinking about, what about a 63 Corvette with the split rear window? Remember that? The 63 Corvette coupe, split rear window. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful car. But I'd rather have the power. I'd rather have the 427 in the 67. That's just my subjective opinion. If I were to go around the room and say, hey, tell me your favorite car. A lot of you, because I ask this question a lot of next steps in small groups. Hey, what's your favorite car? And a lot of them are just, well, what I'm driving right now. Like you have no imagination, okay? If that's you, <laughs> come on, come on. Dream a little bit, everybody. It's okay. It's okay. My first car, my first vehicle ever was a 69 Chevy Stepside uh, truck. It had a little, you know, straight six in it, it three, three speed on the column. It was, it was terrible actually. And yet I, I still love those trucks. Anytime I see a 69 Chevy, I'm like, Oh, there's a 69. I love those trucks. And I don't really love those trucks. It's just sentimental. You know what I'm talking about? I, I like it. But yet if somebody said, here's a 69 Chevy here, you can just have that. I'm, I'm saying, I'm not going to stop you from giving me one if you want to. All right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stop you. So today's culture teaches that truth is subjective. And just like I would say, well, I think the best car out there is a 67 vet. A lot of people in this room said, that's not true. That, that may, they may even go this far in today's culture. That's your truth. That's not my truth. My truth is that I really like Ford Mustangs. Or my truth is I, I really like the Camaro or whatever. But truth isn't actually subjective at all. Because that's just based upon opinions and thoughts. And now we have this, this thing that's happening in, in this world, everybody, that people love customizing then. When we're talking about truth, they love customizing their religion. They just want to customize it. Well, I'll just take a little bit of that, and I'll take a little bit of this, and I'll put those things together, and that, that's going to be my religion. And everybody, that's not, that's not truth either. That's not truth either, because just because you believe something doesn't make it true. You can believe all day long that the sky is black, but we all know the truth, that the sky is blue. You, you see what I'm saying? Like you could believe something all day long. You could take a little bit of this and that and, and customize your religion, but that doesn't mean it's true. In fact, at that point, it's just that. It's just a religion, but it's not truth. It's not truth. So truth cannot be customized. Truth cannot be customized. It's, it's impossible for truth to be customized. If we could customize it from person to person to person, then truth would contradict itself, and it's impossible for truth to be contradictory. Because then if it contradicts itself, it's not true. Everybody with me so far? So we cannot customize truth. And in fact, everybody, without an external reference, you only have an inward opinion. That's all that you have. Without an external reference, you only have an inward opinion. If you, don't have, if, if you don't have a source to compare what's happening with, then you don't know the truth. And God is, truth is, the, the, the thing in which we measure absolute reality. That's what truth is. We, we measure everything against it. Why? Because it's true. Because it's true. 
so it's not subjective, it cannot be customized, then I want to teach you three things today that truth must be, that truth must be. In fact, so when we say this, we're saying God has to be this, Jesus has to be this, the Spirit of God has to be this, the Word of God has to be this. So, so watch this, everybody. Letter A, write this down, that God is, God is the objective source of truth, not subjective, not given to opinions or thoughts, but the objective source of truth. That means this, everybody, that truth applies to all people. It is objective. It applies to all people. So there cannot be anything such as your truth and my truth. It's impossible because the two are in contradiction with one another. Those, those are subjective thoughts or opinions. They're not objective, meaning applies to all people. So, so truth cannot be personalized. Psalm 18 verse 30 says this, as for God, his way is perfect. Let me stop right there. Let me stop right there. Have you ever met anybody in humanity except for the Lord Jesus Christ in which you looked at that person and said, they or he or she is perfect? No such thing, right? No. But when it comes to God, God is the source of, of objective truth because as for God, his way, it is perfect. And the Lord's word is, what is it? Flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For, he, for who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God, let me, let me ask you like this. This is what those verses are saying. Who else is qualified to be the source of truth? Who else is qualified to be the source of truth? Because every person outside of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, every person in humanity has sinned and fallen short. They've missed the mark. But Jesus didn't. And that's why he could say, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. That's why he could say, me and the Father, we are actually one. I am Emmanuel, God with us. God in human flesh, clothed in human flesh. Isn't that amazing, everybody? So God is the objective source of all truth. Meaning truth applies to all People, letter B, God is the universal source of truth. So truth not only applies to all people, but all people in all places. Truth applies to all people in all places because it's objective and it's universal. Psalm 103, 19, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all like there's nobody in this world that the kingdom of God doesn't, doesn't rule over or touch. Meaning every single person throughout the entirety of, of history, it, it, every single person in the entirety of the world today will answer to the truth. Because it's objective, God is the source of it, and it's universal. It applies to everybody, everywhere. 
And that's why I've told you a few weeks ago, it, it doesn't make sense to me when, when some people come up and say, well, you know, if you give certain amount of dollars, then God, you know, God said, if we give certain amount of dollars, there's something about this amount of money that if you give this, then God will. I really struggle with those things, everybody, because, because we're thinking American thoughts. How, how egotistical is that? Because if it's true for us, it's going to be true for those in Haiti and true for those in Ethiopia, and true for those in China, and true for those in Russia. The truth is the truth no matter where you live. It's universal. That's why, isn't it interesting, everybody, that, that, that the Bible said, okay, in order to be godly, you, it, it's not about a certain number. It's not about a certain uh, figure that you give, your God, that you give to God in, in tithes and offerings. He doesn't t- call the tithe $1,000, no, he just says it's just a percentage. It's the first fruits of whatever your increase is. And that applies to every person in every location around the world. And so when you hear people say, well, there's just something about $1,000. I've heard that so many times. There's something about $1,000 seed. I'm thinking, really? Really? I don't think so. Why? Because it's not true. Because if it, can't, if it cannot be applied to people in Ethiopia or in Haiti, then it should not be applied here. I'm just telling you, that's how it works. It's just how it works. I think, I think man, um, sometimes we take the Bible and, and we t- kind of twist it a little bit to convey something that we want to convey and that's dangerous territory, if you ask me. Let's not do that. Let's not live our lives taking the Bible and making it say something that we wanted to say when that's not what it says. Okay, everybody? That's dangerous. So truth is objective. It's also universal. It applies to all people in all places. Letter C, God is the constant source of truth. He's the constant source of truth. So truth applies to all people in all places all the time. Isn't this great? That truth applies to all people in all places all of the time. All of the time. Ecclesiastes 3.14. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken from it. Why? Because God is the constant source of truth. He is unchanging. He is unchanging. So the God of of yesterday is the God of today, and he will be the God of and is the God of tomorrow. He is unchanging. He's unchangeable. So when something is established by God or has been established by God, it is established forever. It endures. The Bible says that the word of God endures forever. The word of God endures forever. And it's good that he's unchanging everybody. It's good that God is constant because because his love lasts from everlasting to everlasting. You can trust his love. You can trust his heart. You can trust his justice. You can trust his peace. You can trust his character, his will, his nature. You can trust God. Why? Because he's unchanging. See, we, we, we struggle with trust issues because people let us down. Let me say it this way. Because they change. They said they were going to be faithful, but then they weren't. What happened? They changed. I don't trust them. They said that they were going to give me a refund, but they didn't. 
How many have ever faced that before? Like, you know, the right thing for them to do is to give you a refund and they won't do it for whatever reason. You're thinking, that's not right. You know, they said they were going to honor this. They said that they were going to do their part. They said that they were going to give me a great product and they didn't. And now they won't give me a refund. Well, all of a sudden you don't trust them because something changed. But God never changes. It's so important that you get this new song. That God is the source of truth. God is the source of truth. It is objective. It is not based on your opinion or your thoughts. It is universal. It not only applies to you, but it applies to everybody around the world. And by the way, it's constant. Everybody around the world all at the same time. And it never changes. It just never changes. So, so, so here's, here's the heart of this message today. And, and I call it this, and I, I've stolen this from multiple other people. It's, it's called this passing the so what test. So when I tell you, everybody, that, 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 that God is the objective, universal, constant source of truth, one of the things that you should be asking every Sunday morning, not just this one, every Sunday morning is, well, okay, so what? Have you ever been to, 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 to churches or been listening to a pastor? And I, I have done this. In fact, there was a time in my life, a season of my life, in which I sat underneath a pastor for four years, and it was not my father, by the way. I should probably tell you that. Uh, as my dad is a pastor. It wasn't him, I promise. It, it was another pastor. I sat under him, and, and he, he pontificated for about an hour every Sunday morning. And at the end of it, you have no idea what he just said. Like, you have no idea. And he would just give you information after information after information, and just fact after fact after fact. And at the end of it, you're like, I don't know what he talked about. Like, he, he, didn't, he didn't know how to help people pass the so what test. So when you're in church, you should, okay, so what? And, and I don't mean that sarcastically, but what you're asking is, well, how does that apply to me? How does that apply to me? It's passing the so what test. Okay, so there are the facts. Thanks for sharing me the facts. I love the facts. But now tell me how it applies. And here at New Song, we love application. We love application. There will never be a Sunday in which I don't say, hey, this is how it applies to your life. Or this is the response that we need to give this teaching today. Or this is, this is what we need to change in our thinking or in our behavior or in our parenting or in our marriages or whatever the case is. There's always going to be application. And so every Sunday you should be asking the so what question. Okay, well, that's great information, Pastor, but how does that affect my life? So God is the constant objective, universal source of truth, but how does that affect my life? Well, first of all, it should cause you to rely on him like never before and stop inserting your opinions or trying to override God's opinion. I've said it this way a lot of times, that God's opinion trumps mine because mine is just opinion, but his is truth. This is truth. So first of all, we need to embrace the, in totality who God is, his will and his nature, and his word. We need to embrace not only God the Father, but God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and his word. The, the second thing is, if you don't understand the truth, you won't be able to experience the freedom that God wants you to experience. And one of the purposes of our church is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. 
Find freedom. We want you to find freedom. But if you don't embrace the truth, you're not going to be finding much freedom in your life. So I have to teach you the truth. But the truth of the matter is, you have to embrace it. Not just me. It has to be your choice. So the so what? Well, pastor, how does this apply to me? Well, let's read this verse together. John 8, 31. To the Jews who had believed him, so they were followers of Jesus. Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So the so what test is, the the so what test is, well, what does this mean for me? How does this apply to my life? I would say this, that your freedom and your future depend on it. Your freedom and your future depend on your willingness, your ability, your desire, your discipline to embrace truth, to embrace truth. Let, Let me go through this verse just a little bit. To the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. What what that is, I I don't really like this translation of it because in in the book of John, in fact, in John chapter 15, you're going to see this this, uh, the style of writing from John, uh, this, this thought process given to John through the Holy Spirit that says, abide, 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 abide. If you abide, if you abide, if you abide, abide here, abide here, and abide here. And if you abide here, then this is what's going to happen. Just abiding, abiding, abiding. And that's what this is actually saying. If you hold to my teaching, if you abide in the word would be the accurate translation of that. If you abide in the word. What is the word? The word of God is truth. The word of God is truth. So if you abide in the truth, you are really my disciples. And if you abide in the truth, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will make you free. Meaning this, if you abide in truth, you'll have no other option except to experience freedom in your life. Because it's life changing. But you have to abide. You have to abide. One of the greatest illustrations I've I've, I've ever heard that I think it will make sense to you is that have you ever had just a sink full of dirty dishes that have just sat there for not just a few a few moments a few minutes or even a few hours but maybe even a day and 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 by the end of the day all of the leftovers on the plates get really crusty and they don't want to come off or have you ever been a kid and, and, and you've been told by your parents, hey, you need to wash the pans and you hate washing the pans because it takes so much scrubbing, right? And so what do you do? You take that pan and you beg your parents or maybe even as an adult, you've learned this, if something is really, you know, stuck on there, you, you, you can take, for instance, a, a sink full of hot water and you put soap in there, dish soap, and then you let things set in there. You, you, you sit them in there. You let them abide You let them abide in the hot, soapy water. And because they're abiding in the hot, soapy water, eventually all of those crusties, they just start coming off. Way easier, right? Way easier than if they didn't abide. In fact, it's very natural for those things to become softened and then easily washed at that point. Why? Because of the abiding. And when you abide in the word of God, all of the crusties in your life will just start becoming not so crusty anymore. And the spirit of God will just start washing them away. 
just as you live life. I'm telling you, everybody, listen to your pastor. This is transformational for you. Because if you abide in the word, Jesus says, if you abide in my word, if you just loiter there, if you hang out there, if you, if you spend time with me and in my word, then you're going to, that, that's proof that you're really my disciple. And also, you're going to know the truth through your abiding in truth. You're going to know the truth and the truth will make you free. It will make you free. It won't be as big of a struggle to overcome an addiction when you abide in the word. That's why the Bible says, everybody put this together. I hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. That's why, everybody. Because when we abide in the word, it's easier for the crust, the crustiness of our life, the nastiness of our life to be washed away. Just to be washed away. So when truth isn't embraced, write this down, when truth isn't embraced, then freedom isn't experienced. Or you'll sit there and you'll just try to scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub and no matter how much you scrub, you can't get all the crustiness off. Why? Because you aren't abiding in that which is going to produce freedom. Oh, this is great stuff, by the way. I don't know why you're just staring at me like this. I mean, I know I'm handsome, but come on, everybody. Like, hang out with me here. It's, it's not just my looks, everybody. It's not, no, I'm just playing with you. So when truth is an embrace, freedom is an experience. So the enemy's desire is for sin, the crustiness of your life, to be normalized or managed. So a lot of you are like, well, this is just who I am. That's normalizing sin. Well, if, if how, how many know that when you're dealing with a crusty plate, you don't want to eat on that again? You want it to be clean. And, and there's things in your life that you don't want in your life. And you know you don't want it in your life. But you get to this point, maybe so exhausted of trying to, to on your own effort to get rid of it. You're just like, well, okay, well, this is just apparently who I am. Don't be hoodwinked. Let's let this sink in for a second. Don't normalize your sin. Well, this is just who I am. I, apparently, I just can't change. Stop that. That is not of God. It's not of God. And you shouldn't settle for that. Some of you, it's not about normalizing. It's just about managing it. Well, I, I'm just going to manage it. I'm just going I, to, I, I literally know people that, that they're just managing their ascent. They're, they're managing their, their addiction. Well, 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 this time I went four days without it. Oh, I only went two days without it. Well, this week I'm going to go seven days without it. That's managing it. Listen, God does not want you to normalize sin, and he doesn't want you to, to, to manage it. Watch this, everybody. God's desire is for sin to be eradicated from you. That's his desire. He doesn't want you to normalize it. He doesn't want you to manage it. He wants to rip it out of your life. And as believers of Christ, we should be longing for him to rip it out of our lives. Oh God, I am so sick of this in my life. Could you just rip it out? <laughs> Could you just take it out? And I want you to hear something. And I'm going to teach this at length 
next week, if you're longing for freedom, I have a word for you that is already prepared. I'm already ready for it. How to experience freedom in your life. Because every resource you need to be free has already been given to you. It's already been given to you. You just have to walk in it. You have to abide in Christ. You have to abide in his word. And I'm going I'm to give you very, not just, the, I'm going to give you far more than that. That's going to help you to be free. God's desire is for sin to be eradicated. So truth, watch this everybody. Truth is God's method of liberation. I want you to think about that. Truth is God's method of liberation. Okay, so you could say it this way. God, God is a method of, is the method of liberation. Jesus is the method of liberation. The spirit of God is the, the method of liberation. His word is the method of liberation. And they're in complete full alignment with each other. There's no contradictions there. That when you submit to yourself to God and to Jesus Christ, his son, and to the Holy Spirit, and to the word of God, everybody, that, that, that is God's method of liberation. It's his method of freedom. So, so to abandon truth, to abandon truth, is actually to embrace slavery. Because the opposite, if this is true, and it is, then whatever the opposite of this is, is also true. Meaning, not the opposite of it. Meaning, whatever the reverse of it is. If you do this, then you'll be free. But if you don't do this, you won't be free. That's the truth. So to abandon truth means that you're accepting slavery. Bondage to sin. Don't, don't live your life like that. Don't live your life like that. You say, well, pastor, I, I'm, just, I'm just so exhausted. Be, please, please, please be here next Sunday morning. And I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. So when truth isn't embraced, freedom is not experienced. But when truth is embraced, number two, freedom is enjoyed. And it is meant for your enjoyment. God wants you to live an abundant life in Christ Jesus. He wants you to live a life that you enjoy. Did you know that? He wants you to enjoy life. He wants you to enjoy freedom. So when there is no truth, there's no freedom. But when you know the truth, you'll know freedom. When you abide in the truth, you'll know freedom. You'll know freedom. So the, the so what test, the so what test. Okay, pastor, how does this apply to me? What, what can I do about this right now? What, what am I supposed to do? Jesus said, if you abide in the word, if you hold to my teachings, I'll know you're my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. It will set you free. Like when you abide in the word of God, freedom is the only option at that point. And God will just slowly, the spirit of God will slowly just start wiping away all the crustiness in your life and make you more like Jesus Christ. How many want that, to be more like Jesus? Don't you want that? So we need to abide. We need to loiter. We need to hang out in his word. And, and not think thoughts of, well, I'm just going to take my little eraser and erase that because I don't like it. No, we don't change this. It's unchangeable. We cannot change this, but we are changed by it. 
So when we're reading this, we're not asking God to change. We're asking God to change us as we abide in his word. And the more we know his word, the more freedom that we will enjoy and experience in this life. If you don't have a daily habit of reading the word of God, you need one. You need, you need to be in a daily habit of reading this word, reading this book. Can I tell you, there, there are some people who just say, well, I have a devotion every day. Well, I just read, I have a little devotional every day. I read this devotion. Can I, can I encourage it? Listen to your pastor. Can you go deeper than that? Because it's probably time. That's a great starting point. I'm not against devotionals. I use devotionals, but that is certainly not all I use. Because I want, to be, I, I want to be somebody who knows the Word of God, not somebody's opinion on the Word of God. I want to know the Word of God. And those devotional books, they're good. They're wonderful. They're, I use them. But if that's the sole source of your, of your, of your Word studies, can I tell you, it's time, it's time, it's time to eat a little bit more of His Word to ingest a little bit more of his word, to go a little bit deeper, and to start studying this on your own. You say, Pastor, I, I don't know how to do that. You don't have to worry about that. Because this, this is what the Bible says, that when you dive into this, that the Spirit of God will guide you into truth. He'll guide you into truth. All of a sudden, the word will come alive to you. Oh, I see that Oh, it's so much fun when those things happen. If you say, I don't know if I trust myself yet. Well, we have study Bibles that you can purchase. And if you can't afford one, ask us, and we'll just give you one. Like, we, we love you so much. We want you to, now don't, don't make us buy you one, and then you, you just sit it on your coffee table and never look at it again. It's not going to be a decoration for you. It's meant to be used by you. And if you cannot afford one, I'm telling you, we will help you with that. We do it all the time. We do it all the time. There are great study Bibles out there that'll, that'll explain the Word of God to you. So go deeper. Go deeper. Let's just loiter in His Word. Let's just hang out in His Word. And when we do that, the crustiness will just be washed away. It may take some time, but the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in you. For the glory of His name and for your benefit, the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in you. I truly believe that. Your freedom in Christ is available to you. It is not only meant to be experienced, it is meant to be enjoyed. You should be enjoying your life. And if you're not, could it be that you're not ingesting this word like you should be? Because you're missing out on freedom. Can we stand up together? Now, Again, this is one of those Sundays. This is why we had a prayer time earlier today because the altar call for this is for you to actually go home and live it out. Like, like uh, this isn't one of those, hey, pastor, pray for me that I'm going to read the Bible more. How, how many know that that's just, that's just ludicrous to me? I, I shouldn't have to pray for you to read your Bible more. Pastor, lay hands on me. I want to read my Bible more. How many know you just go home and do it? You just go home and do it. Like, that's just a choice that you make. I, I can only make my choice. My response is my responsibility. And now your response is your responsibility. Linger in his word. Hang out in his word. 
And I'm telling you, you'll experience freedom that you long for and that he longs for you to have, that God longs for you to have. I'm telling you, you will be forever changed by his word. And for the glory of his name, you'll be changed. I promise you that. Let's open up our hands toward heaven. Father, we love you so much. You are such a joy to us. You're, you're the joy of our lives. You're the hope of our lives. You're everything that we need. You're everything that of Jesus Christ. There is no other truth, Lord. There's no truth outside of you. You are the source of all truth and only truth. And we submit ourselves to truth today. And it may be politically incorrect. It may be confusing to people around us. Sometimes it might not even make sense to us because we've been trained by the things of this world and by media and by friends, by family members. But Father, as we study your word, I pray that it would come alive because your word is living and is active and it changes us as we submit to it, as we study it, as we embrace it. So change us by the power of your word, by the power of your spirit, by the power of your son. We pray it all in Jesus' name with hearts of surrender and hearts of worship. If you agree with that, we just say a big amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.